Hi, everyone, and welcome to Bad on Paper podcast. I'm Olivia Mentor. And I'm Becca Freeman. And today we're talking about three things each. <laughs> I know. It's becoming an, a new, maybe monthly tradition. I'm excited. I have things I want to talk to you about. Okay, that's good, because I feel like mine are kind of they're not, they're not that spicy. You know, I think they're interesting, but not necessarily life-changing. So <laughs> it'll be a good balance, hopefully. Okay. Um, you're also reporting live from New York State. You live in a new state this week. I do. It's very strange. I'm currently staring at a snow-covered field and some very dirty blinds that need to be removed. <laughs> but yeah, here I am. Here you are. I feel like we're going to hear more about this in your highs and lows. Is that correct? Yes. Moving is both my high and my low for a little spoiler. (laughs) Well, tell me, tell me the high part of moving. I mean, the high part has just been that it's so exciting. I mean, it's just like every room I like have all these ideas and it's really creative and like inspiring to just be able to start from scratch in spaces. It's also very overwhelming. Um, but it just feels cool. And I'm like, we, we own this, like we can, we own this. It's crazy. (laughs) I don't know. It's really crazy, but it feels good and it's exciting. You have hit the ground running. You have lived in this house for around 27-ish hours or so. (laughs) And you already already have paint samples. Like you have, you, you are ready. You know, I'm really desperate to paint because I feel like that's when I will feel like it is truly clean. Mm. And so I'm kind of like, I know people deliberate over paint for so long, but I'm just like, I'm just going to go with my gut. And if I have to repaint it later, I have to repaint it. But I just, I want it to feel really fresh. Uh, and I feel like that has to happen first. But yeah, there's, I mean, the list of things to do is very, very long. <laughs> so is painting starting this weekend? I think so. I think we're going to paint our bedroom this weekend because right now we're, we don't have our bedroom set up because we had to like deep clean the entire room. That's the goal. But I mean, there's literally so much to do. So I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully that would be great. I can't wait. I'm also, you're doing such a good job sharing updates on Instagram and TikTok. Like, I feel like even though this has nothing to do to me, like I feel very invested. So I'm very happy with the level of involvement I as an outsider can have in this process. (laughs) I did have to just delete an Instagram story where all I did was post two paint samples. And within 10 seconds, I had like 45 messages. I was one of which them. Thank- the right. Yes. I prefer you were the, the right. first, actually. You're the first. <laughs> um, it was, it was, it was pretty evenly split between the two choices. Uh, but yeah, I learned my lesson there. It's people have a lot of opinions. Well, you have um, to take the first, the first person's, which was mine. <laughs> we'll see what happens. You know, yours was the, it's wildly less expensive than the other paint. Ah. So, so, you know, it might, it might be a winner. We'll okay. see. Okay. Okay. But it's been fun. So there's that. Um, But what about what about your high? So my high is that I have not talked about it, but my book has secretly been available to pre-order for I think since actually January 1st. And um, yeah, I pre-ordered it like I forgot I did like a month ago. um, But it's been a secret because I my publisher asked me not to push people towards it uh, because it is it is currently a naked mole rat. It doesn't have a cover yet. So it just has this like temporary cover and it's being published with Penguin and their house colors are black and orange. So it looks Halloween themed and it's like 
real clunky and ugly. And so I haven't told anyone that it's available for pre-order. But this past week, Barnes & Noble, and sadly, when you're listening to this podcast, the offer is over. So I hope you saw it on Instagram. But the past week, Barnes & Noble was having this special offer where they were giving 25% off any books that you pre-ordered, which I guess is like a pretty big deal that they they don't usually do that. So apparently that superseded the fact that my book was nude. <laughs> my publisher said I could talk about Nike. it. Nike. I was honestly kind of resistant because I was like, who's going to want to buy my book with no cover? This looks so dumb. It looks like really slapdash and like half-assed. On Thursday morning, I was like, okay, whatever. I, I sent a newsletter with a bunch of recommendations of other books to buy and included my own as well. And I put up some Instagram stories. And Olivia, I am bowled over. I'm fully- People love you. I'm, oh my God, I'm so grateful. I'm so bowled over by the outpouring of people who were like, I've never clicked by so fast. Like I am ready. People are like, I bought two. People are like, I bought one for all, my whole book club so that I can force it to be the pick the month that it comes wow. out. Like it is, oh my God, so lovely and wonderful how supportive people have been. And um, it's made it to the top 10 books on Barnes & Noble's whole site. It's currently the number nine book on Barnes & Noble site. And I am, well, I'm just waiting to wake up. Like this is obviously a dream and you just happen to be in it. And it's a really weird mundane dream where I'm just doing all my regular life things. But um, like this can't be real life. It's, I would say, I was going to say it's unbelievable, but it is believable because I know how much people are excited for this and how much people believe in you. Like I said, I pre-ordered one like as soon as you sent it and I'm, yeah, I'm excited for you. What an awesome thing. I'm sure it's like the first of many bestseller lists. So. Oh my gosh. Well, I, yeah. I'm just feeling very chuffed and like supported and happy. <laughs> oh. And I, I, I have to imagine that a lot of the people who pre-ordered are people who listen to this podcast. And so if that is you, thank you. If you missed the sale, sorry. But you can get it. <laughs> Too bad. You can get it wherever you buy books. It's on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target, Walmart. It's on bookshop.org. It's on IndieBound. It's everywhere. So I would love it if you bought it. It's like a present Do to it. yourself. I would love it too. I always forget about the books that I pre-order and then they come in the mail and I'm like, who bought me this? And I'm like, oh, it was past me. It's <laughs> um, a nice little treat. It's a nice little treat. So yeah, I'm so excited. Me too. What? I hope it reaches number one. Keep us updated. Oh my gosh. I, I can't imagine it will, but I would, I don't know what I would do. What's your low? What's the low part of moving? This is actually one of my three things, so I won't talk about it too much, but I just, I feel like moving is kind of a mind fuck because sure. it's, you're physically exhausted. You're emotionally like going through a lot, but it also, I feel like forces you to kind of check in with yourself. It's like, especially this move, I was like, wait, am I a city person? Am I a country person? What, like, I don't, I guess I'm answering that question and moving to essentially the country. I don't know if I would call it the country, but it is rural. I don't know. It's just been a lot and you're just constantly tired. So in three things, I wanted to talk to you about your experiences with moving, how it's been for you and like if you're excited by it or you hate it or all of that. Because I feel like there's just a lot. I don't know. It's just like this major life experience that I feel like is up there with like marriage and births and all of that. And no one really talks about it that much. So yeah, it's just a whirlwind. I'm excited to talk about it. Yay. What's your low? 
Um, my low, which I won't talk about too much because I'll talk about it more at the end, is that I am currently reading a supernatural college book series that is ruining my life because I'm so addicted to it and I can't put it down and I'm avoiding all other things that I should be doing in favor of reading these books. I've read five in a week and I hate myself. How fast are you going through these? Like, how long are they? Five in a week is a level of commitment that I am – it makes me curious about the book. And I've read part of the first one, so that's saying something. So they start at a reasonable length and they're getting longer. So I don't know how many pages because now I'm just reading them on Kindle because I can't even wait to get them in the mail. I would say the first one was like 350 or 400 pages. But now, like, when I started this new one – Oh, this is so shameful. I I downloaded the audio too. I I because I have all these Audible credits. And yeah. Audible will only let you keep so many credits and then they start just taking them from you. So I have credits to burn, but I was like reading the book and I was like, I can't bear to even stop to like do anything. So I, I just wanted to be consuming this at all times. So I bought the audiobook. It's like when you're showering every right. exactly. second of the day. Exactly. You are, wow. And wow. so the audiobook for this is 24 hours. So oh it's got, it's like it's long. Yeah, I really hate myself. I am subhuman right now. I have done not much this week other than read these well, books. I mean, reading five books in a week is something. Yeah. It is. Am I proud of so. it? No. Do I regret it? Absolutely. Can I stop myself? <laughs> well, also, no. <laughs> like I said before we started recording, it sounds very fun. Just a nice little escape, which I could honestly use in this exact moment. So I don't hey, think I don't think too. it's the time. We'll talk about it more at the end. I, I just I don't <laughs> okay. think you can afford to to get into this. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. I forgot we usually reveal our things at the top of the episode and we didn't. Can we unveil? Can you tell me our things that we'll be talking about? Oh, yes. Sure. So I will tell you the three things, starting with what I already mentioned. I have a list here on my phone. This bullet says the mind fuck which is moving. That's yep. just the entire bullet point. Yep. The second bullet point is I feel weird about makeup. Okay. I think I, I do too, talk actually. About... Really? Okay. Maybe. Maybe. This... So the, the, the sub bullet point to this is I feel like TikTok in particular has both convinced me to buy... Well, I'm on the edge of buying so much new makeup, but at the same time, it's made me not want to wear any makeup, mm. and I don't know how it's managed to do both, but I don't like it. Okay. Okay, and the third one is I want to talk about, and I use this word lightly, but guilty pleasures that you don't feel guilty about. Okay. Uh, I don't really believe in the concept of guilty pleasures, but for the sake of describing what it is. Yeah. And I have three of them. Great. And I would like you to share yours as well. Great. What are your three things? Okay. So I have brought for us, I would like to know, number one, what is the smallest hill you will die on? So okay. the smallest opinion that you have that you will like die on this hill. Oh, man. I have one that I feel really passionately about. And I, I just, you as a person strike me as somebody who has a lot of small hills they die on. <laughs> Thank um, you. I'm, it's, it's true. Second, I want to talk about I am having a personal Pinterest resurgence in my own life. Same. Oh, I felt like you might be because I've been seeing all your like interior design stuff. And so I want to talk about Pinterest 2.0. 
Oh my gosh. Yes. I love this. Okay. Yes. And then third, I want to talk about the casting news about It Ends With Us by Colleen Hoover for the movie. Uh, Ah, yes. Yes. Perfect. Great. Let's start with yours. Let's start. It feels like you need to get this off your chest about moving. Okay. Yeah. So I just want to talk to you about your experiences with moving and how it's been for you. I feel like I forgot. I mean, I moved from New York to Philly four years ago, less than four years ago. Um, And I think I was a little emotional, but like this time really, maybe it's because it was more permanent. It was just so difficult for me Um, and very unsettling and just sad. I mean, in a way it makes you grateful. I'm, I feel grateful that I had something that was really hard to leave, but I don't know. What about you? Are you like, when you move, you're like clean slate, fresh start, new adventure. I'm so excited. Or are you emotional? Is it both? What have your experiences been like? Can I react to something that you you said before, before I tell you? Yes. I feel like it might also get harder as you get older because there it feels like there's maybe more permanence to it when you're young, especially like in your early 20s. You're like, I can move a million more times versus as you're older, not that you can't move, but you just like you've accumulated so much more stuff like you. It's more of a headache to move like you have oh God, potentially. So much stuff. Yeah, you've potentially like more ties to your community, et cetera. Like it gets harder to move as you get older. And especially in your case, like you bought property you bought a house. And so, you know, like you're tied in more than just like renting an apartment where you're like, eh, if I don't like it, lease is up in 12 months. Let's go. Right. So yeah, I feel like it makes sense that this, this feels like bigger and more emotional than your move from New York to Philly. Mm-hmm. To answer your questions, I feel like I am usually a leap before I look mover. So I'm really excited. I do it. Then I have a full emotional breakdown once I have just moved. And then once I've gotten through that catharsis, I'm excited and fine. Okay. So so you, there is a full emotional breakdown. In yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. That yeah. makes me feel better. Yeah. So I, I've had two big moves in my adult life. The first one, I was living in Boston and I moved to San Francisco. And I kind of had a quarter-life crisis and, and was like, I don't want to work in this field that I'm working in. I don't want to live in this city. Like I want to do something completely different. I'd never been to San Francisco. I drove cross country with uh, my friend, Nick. We drove cross country, not a direct route. Like we did it for like two and a half weeks, like for kicks. We arrived in San Francisco. I immediately started crying immediately because (laughs) I realized I I said something to him along the lines of, oh, are we going to drive over the Golden Gate Bridge? to go into the city because I'd I'd never even been there. And he was like, no, that's like not on. We were coming (laughs) up from, we'd driven up from LA and he was like, that's like the wrong side of the city. And I just like started bawling. I was like, I've moved to the city. I don't even know where its greatest landmark is. (laughs) Full sobbing. Yeah. I was moving in with strangers that I had found on Craigslist. This was also 2011. Just full emotional breakdown. I had a second emotional breakdown probably a week or two later, I was trying to get stuff home from Ikea or I don't remember what it was something about like stuff about furniture or maybe I was trying to buy curtain rods or something and I couldn't figure it out and I just broke down. Yeah. I feel like that's always how it goes. It's like the smallest thing and you're just like, well, this is it. This is the last straw emotionally. So that one I had a full, a full breakdown. 
And then two years later, I moved from San Francisco to New York. And again, I was really excited. And I had like accepted this job. And they said, if you can take the job, if you can be here in two weeks, you can have the job. I was 26. So I was like, absolutely. So I moved my whole life in two weeks. And I didn't know. I, I didn't know. I knew like three people in New York. I ended up moving in with this girl who uh, my friend Clay was dating. They had broken up by the time I got to New York in those two weeks. Oh, my gosh. And so I was like, oh, my God, I'm now living with the ex of, like, one of three people (laughs) that I know in New York and also probably the person that I would call to help me put together Ikea furniture, like, hang stuff, do like, do manual labor stuff. So, like, that was a real mindfuck. I was also living in... Midtown, and I, oh, I knew it wasn't going to be great, but I, I just moved in. It, it was a sublet situation. I just moved in like such a short time. I remember I took yeah. a red eye flight, and the first place I went was to the Sleepies on Fifth Avenue to buy a mattress. And I was like, I will take what you can <laughs> deliver today because I would like to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Please, yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, having a bed does make a big difference. Yeah. And I, and again, like, I, I think like, I don't know if it was that day or the next day or something, I had full emotional breakdown and then I was fine. So okay. yeah, I feel like I don't, I get really wrapped up in the excitedness of it beforehand. Then I get there and I realize what I have wrought and I have a breakdown. Yeah. But then I'm fine. And then I'm okay. excited again. That kind of sounds like my experience thus far. Yeah. So that gives me hope. Have you had your breakdown yet? I have been... Yeah, actually, last night I woke up and I couldn't sleep and it was just so hot for some reason. And like, I I was tired. I was sweating. I was freezing cold the night before because we can't figure out the right temperature to set it at. I think I've turned a corner because like every time we put something together or like make a change, it feels a little bit more like ours. So mm-hmm. maybe I have one more emotional breakdown, I feel. And then I think I'll be, you know, settled. <laughs> What's your first thing? Oh, my first thing is what's the smallest hill you will die oh, on? Yes. Okay, tell me yours because I have to think yep. about this. This is one that I wish you would have told me about. Beforehand. I know. I should have. I should have prepped you. So mine is that the 2011 movie Friends with Benefits starring Justin Timberlake and Mila Kunis is a better movie than the 2011 movie with the same plot, No Strings Attached, starring Natalie Portman and Ashton Kutcher. Natalie Portman did that movie. I yes. just think we should all... I'll just take that in for a moment. (laughs) Yep. I cannot remember how this came up. I don't know if I saw a TikTok that was talking about this or saw a list of rom-coms where it was on it. And I'm like, I feel like No Strings Attached has had more staying power. And it really infuriates me because Friends with Benefits is a better movie. They have the same plot. And it's better. I have not seen them recently enough, but this is interesting. It's more fun. It's it's funnier. I think the chemistry is better between Mila Kunis and Justin Timberlake than between Natalie Portman and Ashton Kutcher. Like, the emotional plot is better. And I feel like everyone talks about No Strings Attached because of that stupid scene where Natalie Portman and Mindy Kaling are roommates and Ashton Kutcher brings over a period seat mix. And the whole scene that seems fake by the way that that whole phrase you just said yeah seems like like a generator came up with it all (laughs) it's like the olive garden commercial generator came up with that and it's also kind of i don't know like it's it's like really tropey in a gross way where it's like women can't handle their lives when they're on their period it's like yeah i get cramps and they're really bad but like 
You don't have a specific playlist. Yeah, like, it's like I don't need to be coddled by a guy that I'm casually dating over it. Also, that concept is like, if you if you feel really shitty or having a bad day, it's like, let me turn on the, the music that I just, or you well, like are sick. it's also like funny. Like, so, like one of the songs I think on it is Red, Red Wine. Like it's just like, it's like red oh and like period related songs. I don't know. I just, oh it makes me so upset because I feel like even since it came out, No Strings Attached has had a bigger profile and I do not think it is the better movie. Interesting. I remember, okay, so that was the year I, I graduated high school. Oh, God. And I rem- I, <laughs> I was, all I had to do was go to the movie theater, basically. And I watched both of them. Do you know what month they came out? Because I would love it if they came out, like, the very same month. Because how did that happen in this universe? So No Strings Attached oh, came out January 11th, 2011. And Friends with Benefits came out July 22nd, 2011. Interesting. Also, they both have... I have to watch both of these. Oh, okay. Interesting. No Strings Attached is a 6.2 out of 10 on IMDb. Friends with Benefits has a 6.5. So I think... Oh, my God. I, what? I think that critically the crowd agrees with me. However, I feel like more people have seen and are familiar. Friends with Benefits is based on 373,000 votes. Friends with Benefits is the Justin Timberlake one? Yep. Oh, no, it actually does have more votes. It's a better movie. I don't know why. I don't know why No Strings Attached, the Ashton Kutcher one. I don't know why the Ashton Kutcher one has had more cultural staying power. We have to pull the listeners for this. I have to know. I haven't watched it recently enough to judge myself, but I want to know what people think. Yeah, me too. What bad on paper people think. Yeah. My (laughs) hill that I will die on. Okay, this is what came to mind. The smallest hill that you'll die on. Smallest hill. Um, I think that Lululemon leggings are bad. Oh, all of them? I do. The the ones, the fancy famous ones that I've tried, which by the way, just an aside, when my, my mom for the longest time called Lululemon Lululemon, and <laughs> <laughs> now every time I hear Lululemon, I'm just tempted to say Lululemon. Anyway, I think they're bad. What do you dislike about them specifically? They do not stay up. Mm. they don't stay up they pill really badly between the legs which i mean i guess is great if you have a thigh gap but like no so that i don't like i think they're soft i just think there are other leggings that are just as good out there in the world so what is your legging of choice Uh, i really like the athleta leggings the salutation ones but you have to size down so no note that target has good ones the fleece lined if you need something warm. And finally, my new favorite are the Abercrombie Your Personal Best. I think that's the line of their athletic gear. Their leggings are the best. They have pockets. They're high-waisted. They don't do like a camel toe situation. They're not too shiny. I hate a shiny legging. I agree. That's also a tiny hill I will die on. And uh, yeah, highly recommend those. But I just, I think Lululemon in general is wildly overpriced. I I have to disagree with your take. I oh, wow. love Look my Lululemon leggings. I probably have three pairs of Wonder Unders and three pairs of Align. The Align ones are like comfy. Also, every pregnant woman I know loves the Align leggings because they stretch so much that size is basically irrelevant. So you can wear mm. them for your whole pregnancy and then after. 
So those are like comfy leggings. That's what I'm wearing right now. But I think that they – Maybe I got the wrong size or something. Maybe. I think they wear really well. And two times I've had a situation where – and I don't know if this is still true, but I've had a situation where they've either gotten like a hole or something is wrong with them and they will take – it's like a Nordstrom return policy. Like they will take leggings back years later. Oh, okay. You know, maybe I'm – can I tell you really quickly what my other hill was going to be? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That – Chipotle makes you have explosive diarrhea, but it's still worth it. Oh, (laughs) I don't have that experience. And I think that would change my opinion of Chipotle if I did. (laughs) I keep going back and every time. Okay, I won't say it's this is really gross. I won't say explosive movie, maybe a dramatization. Okay. It doesn't settle well Mm. in my stomach. I'll say that. But still, I go back. So anyway. I have a friend that this always happens to at Shake Shack, and she calls it Shit Shack, um, but still eats it. (laughs) Yeah, it's like you keep going back for more. Does she get the milkshakes? Because let me tell you, I've never had a good digestive experience with a milkshake. I don't don't know. I think it's just the burger. (laughs) I don't know. Okay. I do love a Shake Shack burger. Me too. Anyway, we really covered a lot there. (laughs) We did. But we got to keep going. Tell me what your second thing is. We do. Okay, so I feel weird about makeup. Oh, okay. For those of you who don't know, I used to be a fashion beauty editor at a website. So I literally accumulated over the years thousands of pieces of makeup and brushes. And moving here kind of forced me to confront a lot of that, um, 99% of which I don't use anymore. That was back in the sort of the eyeshadow blending, contouring, baking your makeup in heyday. So it's been really interesting to see it go to, what do they call it now? Like the vanilla girl aesthetic or whatever. Oh, I don't know. Girl aesthetic on TikTok, which is basically like how to wear 19 products, but it looks like you're wearing nothing. It's like trying to look like Hailey Bieber. Exactly. Which uh, this is another thing. What is the world's obsession with Hailey Bieber? Like- She's hot. So is every celebrity. I don't know. Can we move on? But anyway, I mean, I'm sure she's a very nice person, I should add. But I'm just confused by it because, like, I want to buy all these products, but also I just want to (laughs) not. So that's where I am. Okay. Do you know what I'm talking about? Well, it's really interesting because I picture you as kind of a more minimalist makeup person generally. Maybe I just – maybe I was late to you to your phase where you were yeah. like really into a full look. I used to be more into it. Because mm-hmm. I picture you as more of a minimalist person. Like if you ever I am showed up somewhere with like a full eyeshadow look, I would be surprised. I used to all the time. Interesting. With my job. Interesting. But yeah, what are, do you consider yourself sort of a makeup minimalist? Um, It depends. So I used to, when I worked in an office, I would wear not like a heavy... Michaela, how do you say her last name? Oh, I want to talk. About, we don't have time to talk about that though. Uh, the Maybelline, you know, you know who I'm, mess, yeah, who yes, I'm talking about. Yes, like, the, I'm, it's not the Boston accent. Yeah, it's not that much makeup, but like you know, I would do like a light, full face of makeup, like foundation, right. concealer, blush, mascara, eyebrows. Like, right. you, you, but like, you're not doing like full cat eye. No, 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 no. And so I, I would wear makeup every day, and then on the weekends, I would, I would do eyeshadow, like fun sparkly going out eyeshadow. And I started working for myself five years ago. And then when the pandemic started in in March of 2020, I just, I feel like I've just been on a decline and I don't wear makeup very often because during the day, if I'm on meetings, like 
I don't have any makeup on right now. I'm like, I feel like I look fine. Like I, you do, you look good. I, I feel like if I was meeting with anyone who I'd never met before, I would, I would do my hair before I did my makeup. And if I did my makeup, I would probably just like put on some brow pencil and some mascara, but like, you know, with Zoom's like touch up my appearance filter, I'm like, I look great. I'm fine. And so I'm actually having a weird makeup problem where now when I go to put on makeup, I feel like I don't look right. Oh, yes. I know this too. Yeah. Like you feel kind of like when you, if you've ever gotten your makeup done, you look in the mirror and you're like, I look so weird. Yes. Yeah. But everyone else is like, you look great and it's going to look so good in photos or whatever. Yeah. And so I've been having that experience where because I've been wearing so much less makeup that when I do wear a full face of makeup, I feel like I look weird. I cannot tell you the last time I wore like a full beat. As as the kids say. (laughs) As the kids say. But I bet you I would feel the same way. It is strange. Yeah. But I'm sure it looks good. But you just it just looks weird to you. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, do you feel that way when you put your fake lashes on? I mean, I haven't done that in a while. Although I did just buy some new ones because my friend Emma was listening to the podcast and she texted me and she said the only ones that I can get to work are pre-glued ones. And so I bought the ones that she recommended, but I have not tried them yet. Okay. Well, post pictures when you do. We'll see. I mean, if I can get them on. What is your next thing? Oh, my personal already. my personal Pinterest resurgence. Oh, yes. Yes. Pinterest. Yes. Tell me about it. How are you using, how are you using Pinterest right now? Okay. So for the past six months, I've been like dabbling in, in Pinterest. So there's a couple factors. So the first thing is I made a mood board for the Christmas Orphans Club and it's private. You can't see it yet. I'll, I'll make one public at some point, but it's like really junked up with a lot of thirst traps of Darren Chris because I, I was picturing one of the main <laughs> characters to look like him. And there's, there's such weird stuff on there that is like just for me. I need to clean just up. Just let people version. interpret it. Well, it also, like, it's not organized in any way. So, like, there's a section that's just 20 Darren Chris thirst traps, and it's, like, 20 Christmas trees, and then it's, like, 20. <laughs> so, anyway, I, I started using it to make a mood board, and I really enjoyed the experience. And then I noticed that when I would go on, I feel like – I don't know if the way I'm using it has changed or if the algorithm has just gotten so much better, but then I feel like the things it shows me is so much better. So then it's created, like I'm kind of sucked in. And so I I keep adding to my mood board, which is really fun. But then I've gotten really into saving nail art designs. And then I've also Mm. gotten into saving just like cool stuff that inspires me. Because when we had Nora McInerney on the podcast, I, I went back because I used to use Tumblr. This is literally 2010 ish. And I was trying to find the blog post that I read on the air that I knew that I had retumbled of hers. And I was just going back and I was like, it is so cool to have this record of what my taste was and what was inspiring to me and what like I vibed with. I wasn't really creating anything. I was just reposting vibing. things, vibing with things. And I was like, I wish yeah. I had that for my whole 20s or like my whole life to be like, oh, when I was it didn't exist then, but like when I was 14, this is what I was vibing with. And then when I was 18, this is what I was vibing with. Like, I I wish I had that. So I've kind of just been taken to using Pinterest that way and just pinning random things. At some point, if I just keep doing this, it'll just be a feed of things that I liked over time. 
And so I'm really into it. And so I'm doing that. And then also I use it for recipes. And I've used it for recipes all along where anytime I see a recipe that I'm like, oh, I should make that, I save it to a board of recipes to make because otherwise I will inevitably forget about it. So Mm -hmm. it's having a moment. I think it went kind of dead for a while. And I wouldn't be surprised if they got new leadership or something because it's very distinct, the resurgence of people using it. Well, I feel like I think. when I used it back in the day, I was following people and I was seeing things that they were pinning. And maybe it's because the people that I'm following don't use it anymore. And so I'm only seeing things that the algorithm is showing me. But I mm-hmm. feel like I'm much more enjoying this experience. And especially if you look anything up, then it gives you much more like that or if you engage with something. So I'm much more enjoying the random experience rather than following people. Yeah, I love like when you look at an image and then it shows you all the other images that look yeah. somewhat like it. Oh my gosh, for home stuff, I'm like a Pinterest fiend right now. Wait, tell but, me about your – did you go off Pinterest and come back on? Like what's been your – Yeah, I honestly hadn't used Pinterest until maybe the past few months. And I think it was because I – kind of started using Instagram a little bit like Pinterest. Like I would always save and share like poetry I liked or uh, quotes or uh, interior design stuff or art. And then I was like, wait, like I could probably just find all of this stuff more easily on Pinterest. So I went on and yeah, basically same as you. I love how it populates stuff that it's just like speaks to me. I find it really relaxing. Yeah. Yes, it's so relaxing. Like on a Saturday or Sunday morning with coffee, you just kind of go down little rabbit holes yes. and like, oh, I like this artist or, oh, like this nail art's cool. And then it just shows you 30 others. Yeah. And I made, um I don't know, you've probably done this too, but uh, like a 2023 vision board. I haven't and done this and I should. I'll do it. So I have a tip for you. When you, I was trying to find images of like a person drinking coffee or something mm. outside. And so the, the tip is to just add aesthetic, aesthetic to anything, anything you're yes. looking for. <laughs> I do know that from making yeah. mood boards. Yes, I didn't know that. <laughs> anyway, so I've loved doing that. And yeah. like it, it, uh, someone actually, someone I follow posted their mood board photos from 2022 versus what they actually did. And they were like so similar. And oh. It was really inspiring and cool. Yeah. Her name is um, Rayanne Lankis. I kind of, uh, if anyone wants to follow her, I kind of don't even want to make like a vision board of like what I'm trying to manifest or what I want. Like, I just want to create yeah. a vibes board of like what I'm, yes, what I'm attracted to. And then yeah. like I have a, a, a playlist every year on Spotify and I'm like, oh, if I just like kept everything instead of organizing it in any way, just kept all of it on a board for 2023, like it would be so cool to look at 2023s versus 2029s. Yeah, you're so right. I, You know what? I have a 2015 Pinterest <gasps> board that I'm literally so scared to look at, but now you're kind of making me think that I Is it should. public? I'm going to go look at it. It might be. It's probably like those bubble necklaces oh, and like but that's so, photos of me from my fashion blog from 2014. But that's so <laughs> fun to have probably a photos record of, of, of what you were vibing with. And to like, I think it's cool to be cringe like after the fact. Like it's, you know, when you're cringe in the moment, you're like, oh God, I'm the worst. But <laughs> yeah. like to earnestly love things and then to be able to look at them and be like, whoa like that's growth that's cool yeah I mean that's what was cool about tumblr you're right um 
well, one of my images for 2023 is just a person lying face down in like a really green meadow. And like, Ooh. that's kind of the vibe I'm going for. Like, I just want to lay in a field of grass and sleep. Oh, after we get off this, I'm making a 2023 vibes board. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. You're going to love it. I had so much fun doing it. What is your third thing? Oh yeah. Um, my third thing is in quotations, guilty pleasures that you don't feel guilty about. Okay, like give me an example of what type of guilty pleasure were. So my first one is trash TV. Okay, yep. I will never feel bad about watching trash TV if I am enjoying it. Mm -hmm. My exception to this is like if I'm watching something and I don't know why and it's just mindless. But if I actually am entertained by it, never going to feel bad about it. Like Real Housewives, Mm -hmm. Below Deck, Sister Wives, Mm -hmm. never ever. I think – you should just – I don't know. It's like we have so few moments on this world just to zone out and enjoy. Like why do you need to feel guilty about that? And I hate when people are like, oh, I don't – you know, I don't watch that shit or whatever. <laughs> just like get over yourselves. It's really fun. My second one is food in general. Like mm-hmm. I hate when people refer to foods as good or bad. I just – I'm never going to refer to any sort of food as like a guilty pleasure food ever again. Mm. And I feel like that's just a better way to live. And my third one is British crime procedurals. Oh. I just really love watching television set in England. I don't know why. Or Scotland. Or Ireland. I find it very soothing, even if it's about murder. Hmm. So those are my three. Okay, I've come up with three that are adjacent to yours, because I've really only been given a few minutes to think about this. But I hope they're still satisfying. They will be, I'm sure. Okay. Mine were pretty basic, so. Um, so my first one is specifically one TV show, which is the Gossip Girl reboot. I watch it. Oh, I kind of like it too. I think it comes out on Thursdays and I've, I've started Fridays. It's like my wind down activity. I haven't had barely any social plans this January. And so like Friday night, I'm like, end of the work week. Let's get some dinner. Let's watch some Gossip Girl. I am... So it's not even a great show, but I am like so unapologetically into it. I mean, just for Thomas Doherty alone. Thomas Doherty, the clothes. Like I'm just, I'm into it. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun. I got really sucked into it for like five episodes. It is a show that feels not for me. Like I feel too old for it. And I'm like, I don't care. (laughs) I feel too old for it actually. Yeah. 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 So I'm really into enjoying that. Um, The second thing is you said food. My second non-guilty pleasure is having half and half or even gasp coffee creamer in my morning coffee. I feel like so many people make coffee accoutrement choices based on calorie value. And if you if you like alt milk, that's great. But I just I don't know why deprive yourself and then I also, I feel like I have to talk about guilty pleasure books. Somebody, I did an Instagram Q&A last weekend and somebody asked about the origin of the name of the podcast. And the real answer is that when we, when Grace and I started the podcast, we talked about bad, quote unquote, bad young adult books. It was like a book club about kind of trashy YA series. Like the first book club pick was the selection series, which is great. And specifically, we wanted to talk about these kind of like bad, you know, like Hunger Games, Twilight-esque type content. Mm -hmm. And so we were saying it's like bad on paper, but we love it. But I really changed my opinion on calling any 
books bad or guilty pleasures. Like if you enjoy it, who cares? And I feel like for a lot of people, they they police themselves or they they put pressure on themselves to read smart books or to read books that everyone else likes as opposed to just like reading what they love. Like if that's cowboy romances, like go nuts. If that's, you know, fantasy series, by all means, if it's like fluffy romances, wonderful. Mm-hmm. And so I definitely like disagree with putting value judgments on books like I think there's just there's two types of books there's books you enjoy and books you don't enjoy and just because I enjoy something doesn't mean that everyone else will and vice versa like just because I dislike something doesn't mean it's bad so this feels pretty contrary to like what I was saying at the top of the episode with my low and it's not what I'm consuming it's how I am consuming it and it is addictively (laughs) without boundaries is the the problem yeah the lack of boundaries around it is the problem, not the content itself. Although that is problematic in a different way that we can discuss later. I, I totally agree with you. And to be clear, I didn't know how else to phrase this this point, but I do totally reject the idea that anything that you should feel guilty about anything that brings you pleasure and doesn't hurt anyone else. Right. And yeah, I wish there was I, a better way to say there it was like, because it's like, yeah. I saw a tweet that was like, if somebody enjoys something and it doesn't affect anyone else, like leave them alone. Yeah, exactly. And the other thing is like- Where it's like the chuggy stuff on on the internet where, you know, just like- Skinny jeans. Skinny jeans, hair parts, where it's like, it doesn't hurt you. Who cares? Let's figure out a different way to say it. (laughs) Can we get into my third one, which I am chomping at the bit to talk about? Yeah, I'm sure you have thoughts. I want to talk about the casting news about It Ends With Us by Colleen Hoover is becoming a movie and they've just announced that Blake Lively is going to star as Lily and Justin Baldoni is, well, he's first directing it, but then he's also going to be Ryle. And I am so upset. Usually I don't get upset about casting announcements. And this one got my panties in a twist so much. Okay, so let's start with Blake Lively yes. as Lily. Yes. Which, Wow. What a get. <laughs> what a get. A-list. So I had heard rumors about her being involved with this movie, and I thought she was getting cast as the best friend, as I think Alyssa's the best friend's name. Uh, my brain is completely erased. The one who's, character. like, having fertility struggles in the book and, like, is kind of like an older sister type best friend character. Gone from okay. my brain, well, but sure. I believe you. <laughs> sure. Um, So I thought that she was going to be that. For Lily, I mean, barring... Lily in the book is a brunette. She can dye her hair like that. Like, I'm just like, this is so ageist. She's too old. I'm picturing, I think the character is like, supposed to be 24. Oh, I don't know. I thought it was brown hair. Oh. It's not blonde. Hmm. We can agree. Okay. Yeah. I was picturing a 24 and I'm kind of picturing like somebody who has like a childlike innocence about them. Hmm. Who's like not wise to the ways of the world? I guess. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. So you're you don't you don't no. see it. No, and somebody said to me, a bunch of people actually said to me in the DMs, they were like, I could see Blake Lively playing Verity if they made Verity into a movie, and I'm like, yes, I can totally see that. I just I do not see Blake Lively as this character, regardless of her acting chops or like how much of a get she is. I'm just like, this doesn't feel right to me. What are your thoughts? Okay, so clearly I don't remember that much about the book. Mm-hmm. I remember the basics and what I didn't like. And yeah, I didn't have a problem with Blake Lively. I could yeah, see it from what is, I remember. That is the one that I have less of a problem with. But I still don't think it's right. The Justin Baldoni thing did. Nuts. Nuts. When she, when we, in the video, for those who haven't seen, Colleen Hoover is like, from the very beginning, because 
Justin Baldoni has been signed on from the beginning to direct, yeah. like you said. And he, she was like, from the very beginning, I wanted him to play Ryle, which, by the way, what kind of a name is Ryle? And I was like, did you or did Justin Baldoni plant that in your I, head? I could think of 700 people who should be Ryle before Justin Baldoni. And I don't like. This was my thought why they did it, though. OK. He has like this whole thing, if you follow him or know about him, of like teaching men how to be softer and like better men and like fighting toxic like angry rage driven toxic masculinity so my thought was like maybe they were like we put someone in who is like the farthest thing from like an angry toxic man i, get I don't that. know i think that's there's a powerful message in just because you don't look like somebody who's physically abusive doesn't mean you aren't that is not the book in my opinion, mm-hmm. the way I read the book. Like, Justin Baldoni has the vibes of shy, quiet nerd who got hot after high school. Mm. Yeah, and works out a lot. <laughs> well, yeah, now. But, like, yeah, yeah. he has, yeah, yeah. like... Now, works out a lot now. Shy, quiet artist undertones to him. Like, right... Okay. So, I mean, number one, aesthetically, Ryle needs to have a thicker neck. Like, I am just... <laughs> Like, the way I pictured Ryle when I read this book is like, and I, this isn't even accurate because I, I, I'm pretty sure in the book, Ryle is described as having moved to Boston. The book is set in Boston from somewhere in the South. I want to say maybe Texas to Boston. Oh, yeah, so he's right. not local to Boston. However, and this is me putting a layer on top of it that did not exist. That is not the case. Ryle is, and I'm going to get into some real stereotypes of like people from Boston. I love Boston. I love a donkey's like, please excuse this for a minute. Ryle is from a lower middle-class family. His dad was a police officer or in some kind of trade union, like the elevator repair union or something. He went on a scholarship to a prep school. He went to like BC high or Milton Academy. He like had something to prove, went to college, became a neurosurgeon which also is a ridiculous job for anyone to have in a book like if you're gonna, forgot, if you're gonna say somebody's a neurosurgeon you need to fucking bury me in details like i forgot about that bury me in details to convince me like you cannot be a rocket scientist and you cannot be a brain surgeon without yeah and also extremely hot okay yeah um and like ryle grew up with something to prove he has a lot of like trashy friends from back home he's like a little bit matt damon in the departed he he fully um, is best friends with, like, Michaela from TikTok's brother. I don't know if she <laughs> has a brother, but, like, he is, if that's the case. He goes to bars around Fenway and, like, gets in fights on the weekends. Like, I just, he is a specific type of Boston bro. And, like... Right. And Justin Baldoni Justin is, like, Baldoni, known for being, like, soft and cute and... Like, Justin Baldoni strikes me as someone who, like, likes to do yoga. Like, it just, it is not right. Oh, he, he definitely does yoga. Yeah. It's it's not Ryle energy. Like if Channing Tatum, if Channing Tatum was Ryle, you would be like, yeah. Yeah. But I wonder if they couldn't get anyone to take the role because Ooh, that's interesting. I don't think as an actor in Hollywood, I would want to touch this. Because interesting. Not only are you then typecasting yourself as a really un- toxic I mean, ultimately very unlikable character and like horrible. Um but also, like, if there's, I mean, with the Brad Pitt stuff and the Johnny Depp, like, I just don't. 
think it would be a smart PR decision. And so I wonder if Justin Baloney was like, well, here I am. <laughs> I'm already <laughs> <Go attached>. <laughs> I'm like, I mean, what he's probably like, God bless him. He seems like a very nice man, but I he mean, does. It, it is not a value judgment list? on him. C, C plus list. What yeah. would you? Yeah. And Blake Lively. I mean, this is a huge thing for him, but. Also, I feel like this yeah. book is like going to be a cultural moment. And I feel like we haven't had a cultural book to TV moment. Like I would say the last one that we had in a big way was Crazy Rich Asians. Mm. You know, like huge book, like kind of akin to like Twilight or The Hunger Games. Like you could say Bridgerton, but I don't think people read the Bridgerton books before. I don't think enough people read the Bridgerton right. books before the show came out. And like you could say The Summer I Turned Pretty, but they're like middle grade. So like only a specific slice. You know, it's interesting because Crawdads was such a huge thing. But then by the time the movie came out, people had Crickets. torn it apart in such various ways. Crickets, yeah. And I could see this happening oh. with this very much so, especially like with the backlash to the coloring book, which like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. This book, there are so many girls crying about this book on TikTok. This book has outsold the Bible this year. Like, it is outsold, not this year, 2023, 2022, has outsold the Bible. Yeah. Like, I feel like this is huge. It's a huge movie. But also, I'll just be very interested to see how they do it because it it's not a, it's not a easy thing to write about and it's not an easy thing to portray on screen, I think. So, I mean, I'll watch. If you had said that Justin yeah. Baldoni was playing Atlas, I would have a much easier time with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They haven't announced who is playing Atlas. Or I don't know if they've cast it yet. That would make much more sense. Much more sense. Yeah. Interesting. Like, well, can you think of any actor that you would have thought of as Ryle as opposed to Justin Baldoni? I'm really stuck on the thick neck part. He, um, he just, he has a thick neck. Like, I don't know why, yeah. but he does. I don't know if he was even described but, that but way. But what's interesting is like actors that I love, which none are coming to mind immediately, like I wouldn't want them to play this role. Mm. So I wonder if... You've raised an interesting point there. I mean, who would... What PR person would be like, yeah. <laughs> I agree with you though. It's not right. It's not. It's we not. must which protest. Is so, which is so interesting because I feel like the other big adaptation that is coming soon is Daisy Jones and the Six. And I feel like that is cast mm. perfectly. Yeah. I never read that. Oh. From what I can tell, it looks good. Anyway, thank you for indulging my anger. I am clearly. I'm with you. I wish I almost sent it to you. So I'm glad you brought it up because I just sat there because the video is like very emotional and then it's like surprise. Um, Justin Baldoni and um, yeah. I don't... And it's not even something I have to anything to do with it. Like my first my first reaction was like, you're wrong, wrong. <laughs> my first reaction was Blake Lively. Holy crap. And then my second reaction was Justin Baldoni. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, then did you see she posted maybe, on maybe Instagram with dark hair? And Blake then, did? Yeah. Um, and then with this song by the Smashing Pumpkins called Lily. Oh, interesting. No, I didn't see that. My problem is more yeah. on the Justin Baldoni side of the equation. Yeah. Okay, we've we've run long here. Let's get out of our things and into our end matter. I'm not obsessed with anything except for these books. Neither Are am you? I. Oh. No. Well, you know, honorable mention to the uh 
paint samples I ordered last night at 9 p.m. that arrived literally in 12 hours. I have no idea how because I think they were they just were like waiting from, like, outside your house. Mississippi. It was the strangest thing. It, like I was drinking my coffee and Jake's like your paint samples. I'm like, I ordered them last night after dinner at nighttime. Um, the company is called Samplize. Samplize? S-A-M-P-L-I-Z. So there you go. But I have no books because I'm just not reading. Okay. I got to talk about this book series. The series is called The Zodiac Academy. The first book is called The Awakening. Oh, I'm going to sound like such a... It's like one of those things you can't talk about without sounding like an idiot. So it is a... It's about these two girls who are raised in the mortal realm and find out that they're the princesses of an alternate universe and get sent to this magic college. And it's not just one supernatural type of creature. It's every type. So, you know, we have Naturally. fairies, vampires, werewolves, dragons, um, hydras, harpy, like just like anything in the supernatural kingdom that you can think of exists in this book. It starts off pretty vanilla. Like in the first book, there's a lot of like, I'm going to kiss this boy. And then like by the fifth book, there's like threesomes. So it gets progressively <laughs> spicier. I am so addicted to this. It is, however, problematic. And it makes me question why I like it. Because especially in the early books, it is really deeply anti-feminist where the culture of this Bay world is... I do remember that now from reading the first half of the first book, yeah. It's like very chauvinistic, the culture. Mm-hmm. So they come and they are trying... There's like four guys who are the sons of the rulers, the current rulers. And so like they're challenged for power basically. And so these boys like bully the girls and it's awful. But then the girls still have crushes on the boys anyway. And it's so toxic, the dynamic... And if you can put that aside, which apparently I could, I was like, kiss, 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 kiss. Like, please. <laughs> I I actually remember the first book. I just, I read like half of it on my Kindle because it was on Kindle Unlimited. It's free. For the oh, yeah. Time. It still is. It's yeah. free on Kindle Unlimited. There's yeah. eight books in the series. I have read five this They're week. all free? Yeah, I think so. Oh, wow. You should, someone has like a long drive coming up. You should just. No, nah, I don't know if you not, should not because read a drive. But, audiobook, you know. The audiobook narrator is not my fave. Mm. In the fifth book, at least. That's not good. The fifth book. Well, the first four, you might be good. Well, I don't know if it's the same narrators throughout. Yeah. I am hopelessly, hopelessly addicted. And I am also like, I am rooting for these characters. That's good. Like, there's one couple in particular that I am, like, so rooting for. We're invested. You're I am deeply, deeply invested. invested. My, You're my, in the world. My deepest hope. So I have five, six, seven, eight. There's apparently a ninth one that comes out this year. I'm like, it's Friday afternoon right now. I'm like, can I plow through them all this weekend? Although I feel like if they're all the same length as five, I'm not going to be able to. Where I'm just like, I just want to reclaim my time. I think you can. Oh, we'll see. Have fun. Thanks. I got to go. <laughs> yeah. I have fairy books to read. You want to take I us out? I have to go put on put on some soft clothes (laughs) please join us in the facebook group and tell us of your opinions on all of this you can find us at bad on paper podcast on facebook and bad on paper podcast on instagram and i'm at olivia mentor on instagram we also have our february book club if you missed the announcement we're reading before i let go by kennedy ryan and we'll talk about this the 
last Wednesday of the month. This is a romance, but it has definitely like a very intense emotional arc too. If you like a Colleen Hoover, I think you will like this book. But be forewarned, there are a lot of trigger warnings around fertility and depression and suicidal ideation. There is definitely probably more. So look up triggers if you're concerned. I'm excited to discuss it. I'm on Instagram at Becca M. Freeman. And you can pre-order my book, I think, pretty much wherever yes. books are sold. Yes. Do it. See you next week. That's an order. Oh. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, sorry. Ooh. I, I got really authoritative there for a minute. With this right. book series, you don't know what that's doing to me. <laughs> Oh, man. Okay. Bye, everyone. Bye.